When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Black Friday savings are on at Metro Mattress. Save up to $500 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets and up to $700 off a purple mattress and base set and 25% off accessories. Shop Black Friday today at Metro Mattress. Right now at Shaw's and Star Market, save on all your personal care favorites during the Buy 3, Save $3 sale. During the Buy 3, Save $3 sale at Shaw's and Star Market, buy three of your favorite personal care items like Dove Shampoo, Dove Antiperspirant Deodorant, Dove Men's Body Wash, Tresemme Hairspray, or Axe Shower Gel, and save $3. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Shaw's or StarMarket.com or head into your local store for full offer details. This is the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. Shaw's and Star Market makes shopping, saving, and meal planning easier than ever. Download the Shaw's Deals and Delivery app or the Star Market Deals Delivery app today. Now, here's Joe Murray and Leroy Irvin. Stevens get into the backfield to join Jones. Third and six from the 45 of Indianapolis. Long game by Elliott to start the sequence. Nullified by penalty. Here comes a the throw across the middle. Caught by Douglas on the run. Crossing left to the 30. Gets away from Moore, who's eventually able to track him down Ooh. along the far sideline. Pop Douglas with a big play right there on a catch and run for a first down for New England of the 24. That's Mac Jones's best throw of the day. Under duress, he's getting croaked by two guys. Two guys coming free. He gets the ball to pop on a little underneath right to left. This Pop Douglas can play, man. Man, can he play. All right, the player that delivered the freight presented by Freight Plus, the fastest-growing private company in Massachusetts, providing fully customized Fortune 500 freight solutions to shippers throughout New England for over 35 years. Visit FreightPlus.io. That's FreightPlus.io. It's Joe Murray, Leroy Irvin here on the Shaws and Star Market Patriots postgame show. And Greg Bedard is with us right now from the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, Greg, what a friendly atmosphere it was today in Germany. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the singing uh you know out of in and out of breaks was the highlight of this game for everybody. That was a good show by those guys over there. I want to give uh, the Jeremy Conley a shout out on this one, but uh what what would have been worse today? This type of performance at Gillette Stadium or what happened internationally internationally on a live televised game at 9:30? What the outcome is this was this better happening here than uh, there than at, at Gillette Stadium? No, I think, well, this this was the worst case scenario, that it was on national television for everybody to see. If this was a home game with the Colts, it would have been like barely anybody in the country would have seen it. You would have gotten, you know, D-level announcers. Like, no one would have seen the horror that is the current state of the Patriots who are now 4-13 and over their last 17 games. So this was definitely worse. If losing the game there was the worst-case scenario, in your opinion, what do you think the Crafts are thinking about as far as the future? Uh, any changes you know, in the near future, or is it still just ride it out until the season's over? Yeah, I don't see them making any change. The only way I see there's a change as far as Bill Belichick goes is if for some reason Bill Belichick pulls the plug 
on himself. Um, you know, I think we've talked about it a little bit, or at least I've talked about it on Felger and Maz. I mean, there's certain, you know, benefits to Belichick, you know, mostly if, it, you know, probably one of his worst case scenarios would be if this season and what's gone on here causes the crafts to totally upend the Patriot way, the Belichick way when he's gone, like Bill might be gone, but in, in his mind, you know, and it's very big to him that he wanted to create something that, that went long after he was done Mm. with his time as head coach of the New England Patriots. That's what he wanted. And does the current state of affairs, does it cause the crafts to think about, Nope, we're, we're just starting over again. We're, we're blowing it all out. We're starting all over again, a different approach, a fresh approach. That's what we're going to do. Does that sort of, if Belichick thinks that's the way that the crafts are going to end up going, does he think about stepping aside to give Gerard Mayo or, you know, whoever it is, probably Gerard Mayo, a chance to show that, that they can do something and maybe build some momentum going into next year where the crafts say, you know what? All hope is not lost. We're, we're going to keep on with the current setup and go from there. I mean, I think it's very low chances at this point, but I don't think you can totally rule it out. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think Bill Belichick should do after everything you just said? What do you think he should do? Uh, what I think he should do. I mean, I, you know, it's a good question. I haven't really sat and thought about it, especially in regards to this game. I mean, you know, the first question you have to ask is, um, you know, are the players still playing for him? Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost. I mean, off off the hook, just thinking about it right now, uh, I would say that, yes, they're still playing hard and still playing for him. So I guess you, you know, continue on. But um, if I'm Bill Belichick and I think this is it for me, you know, I think I have to give serious thoughts of, you know, do, do I step down? Um does he have the ability to say, stand up there and say, look, every day that I've been in charge of the New England Patriots, I've always said and I've always practiced that I do what's in the best interest of the team. And in my mind, what's in the best interest of the team right now is for somebody else to finish out uh, the regular season as head coach. Uh, you know, that's that's something that I would think long and hard about if I were him. And it might be a way to sort of, you know, not only um, – you know, show some compassion out the door that, you know, he indeed did think about other things beside himself, that it was about the team. And also, like I said, you know, giving Gerard a head start to sort of prove that he's the guy to go on and that, you know, a Belichick disciple can stay in power and can be successful at the NFL level. Craig, did you hear uh, Robert Kraft before the game today just saying that he's never had a uh, two and eight season and, uh, or two and seven season at the time, and now uh, very frustrated with the season. What were your thoughts on his comments? Yeah, I uh, I saw and listened to his comments. Um, you know, I, I I thought, in my opinion, I thought they were sort of the the minimal comments. Uh, you know, the 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 least sort of things that he could say to comment on the situation, but also, you know, not really tip his hand or put undue stress, you know, going into a game. Um, I think, you know, everything that he said, I think even Bill Belichick would say, 
was fair. So I don't see them one way or the other being a big indicator of what's going on with this program. And uh, do you think with the bye week here, we'll get more information? Will it be more stuff that's leaked to the media? Will they have a conversation? Like what is next between Kraft and Bill Belichick? Uh, quite frankly, I don't know if they'll have a meeting. I mean, that's, you know, they do periodically during the season, especially, you know, leading up to the trade deadline. Hey, what are we thinking? What's going on? That sort of thing. I don't know if there'll be a conversation. I don't know if there needs to be a conversation. I mean, you know, unless Kraft is seriously considering firing Bill, which I don't think he is, then I don't see what the point is of having a conversation between Kraft and Belichick at, at, at this point. I mean, it's not like, you know, Kraft is going to demand lineup changes or anything like that. There's no trades that they can make. Um, Bill's just going to continue to do what he does. And so, uh, no, I, as far as the owner and the coach, no, I don't see any big confab on, you know, what's going on in the state of the team. Uh, what do you think the conversation uh, will be like concerning Mac Jones as the starting quarterback when they face the New York Giants? I think, you know, whenever they get back and convene as coaches, um, you know, normally the way that it goes, and, and who knows, because the, the bye is so late this, this year that, you know, they might change the schedule. Normally they come back and have meetings for a couple of days, and that includes the players, and then they give them uh, a very long weekend. And the coaches work through just about the end of the week, maybe through Thursday, Um normally players are out of the building Wednesday and Thursday and they talk about, you know, what the plan is going forward. Um, You know, they will ask the opinions of everybody in the room, especially, you know, Bill O'Brien and, you know, do they think it can get better and, and, you know, will the bye week help all that stuff. But, you know, I think the conversation will be, all right, you know, Max just broken. He's done for this year. So what do we do going forward? And is it Bailey Zappi or is it Will Greer? And uh, then they'll go from there. There's video on social media circulating of Bill O'Brien going off on Mac Jones mm-hmm. uh, on the sidelines. Does that happen? Does that happen a lot? Or because for a lot of people who don't get to see the what's going on in the sidelines, this looks like something new. Has this been going on? Um, you know, I wouldn't say that demonstrative. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien is a guy who coaches people hard. Um, you know, but that that normally is the case when you have a long relationship with somebody, and you know he's just really in his first year of coaching Mac Jones, and they're just they just completed the tenth game. So, you know, I assume that you know Bill O'Brien has been a little kinder, gentler with Mac, just you know because they don't know each other, and trying to be patient, and everybody understands the issues with the offense from the offensive line early the receiver problems throughout the season. I think they're, they were practicing a lot of patience. You can even read into some of, you know, Bill Belichick's comments, you know, about that. Even, you know, when I asked Bill about, you know, was Mac your, is Mac your starting quarterback next week after the Miami game, you know, Bill's response was, you know, very quickly, like, you know, there are a lot of things wrong. Like it's not just the quarterback. And I think that's been the popular sentiment. And, you know, as I've sort of, illustrated, you know, on Felger and Maz in, in the last few weeks, like it, it, it hasn't gotten better. And I think there's been a lot of frustration that's been built up and it's basically, 
you know, it's they're at the end of their rope. I mean, you you understand, you, you know, Mac's going to need time with a new system, a new coach, new players. And so you give him a long sort of leeway. But, you know, like I've said before, but, you know, by the midpoint of the season, like you need to start seeing it going the other direction. And that is not, I think, is a source of frustration. But that, that was probably the first time that Max really gotten that from Billy this year. But, you know, in general, no, it's not unusual. All right, Greg, we'll take a quick break. We'll get into uh, some of the things we saw in today's game. And uh, a lot of people want to uh, get in on the uh, their reaction to the Patriots' loss today versus the Colts. So we'll take a quick break here. Leroy Irvin, I'm Joe Murray. we got Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal uh, right here on the Safety Insurance 98 Father Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Henry, hand down the tight end right. Three receivers left. Play fake by Jones. Dropping back. Jump. Oh, Jones! got to ask at some point the repetitive the reoccurring critical backbreaking mistake you could be 13 of 15 you could be controlling the game and you just can't do this it is a back throw non-pressure absolute gift he gives the Colts so it's not competitive he had Gesicki running behind the defender. Put it up in the back end zone. Step What's he looking at? You got to make a move, Bill. You got to make a move. Bye weeks here. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. And uh, David Andrews, who snapped that ball, uh, had 68 offensive snaps today and a $10 a snap, another $680 that Roach Brothers Supermarkets donates to Love and Spoonfuls to help tackle food insecurity. In New England, Leroy Irvin's here. I'm Joe Murray. Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal joining us here. Uh, Greg, the interception from Mac Jones off his back foot. Uh, probably should have thrown it more to the back uh, of the end zone. Uh, he didn't. It looked lazy to me. Um, but just in general, your thoughts on that play. And isn't that essentially, you know, he's effective until he isn't. Isn't Wasn't that the case in today's game? I guess you could say that. I mean, you know, look, I just think he's um you're looking at a broken quarterback. Um you know, regardless of the causes and how far it goes back, um that's just, you know, where he is at this point and it hasn't gotten better. I mean, on that play, it was him feeling the rush again. Um and he's just he's it's not that difficult of a play. He just has to hang in there, and he just has to loft the ball, um, you know, over the defense, and it's a touchdown. And it's um, it's inexcusable. It's it's the you know it's very similar to the Stevenson wheel route last week. Like he just um, he can't play football like that. I don't know you know who he thinks he is in terms of his talent and what he's able to do. Maybe he's watching too many highlights of. Patrick Mahomes and some of these guys and thinks he can do the same thing, but he can't. And, you know, at this point, um, you know, that very well could be the last pass that Mac Jones throws in a Patriots uniform. I mean, you know, do, do I still think he has the potential to be um, a good player, a good functional quarterback in this league? Yeah. But, you know, here, at least under this regime, this program, all that, yeah, I think it's over. 
uh, Bailey Zappi was on the field for the final drive of the game, uh, they decided to bench Mac Jones. Bill Belichick said that they thought it was time for a change. Um, do you think that that was the right spot to put Bailey Zappi in? Um, or would, or should they have given Mac Jones the opportunity to try to win that game? No, he was done. He he was done. I don't really care what position Bailey Zappi is put in. He's the backup quarterback. Mac had not played well. He just threw a ridiculous interception. Um they could they could not put him back in the game. So Bailey Zappi's the backup. He goes in. And, you know, um, you know, tough crap. You know, yeah, it's a tough situation. A hundred, you know, minute fifty left, no timeouts, you know, what have you. But, you know, go do something with the ball. And, you know, he didn't. And, you know, he forced the ball. I know he said he said after the game to reporters uh something about like I, I can't say what I want to say. Yeah. And I think Mike Reese Mike Reese asked him for clarification, and he said he, he can't talk about referees or something else. So he was illustrating the fact that there was a hold. Um, there was. Th- there was a hold. There was what? There, there was a hold or he got held. There was no penalty called. I'm not defending. The, I, listen, I'm, I sound biased when I say that. If, watch the film. When you see the film, you'll see that there was a penalty. I think that's why he threw it there because he thought there was going to be a penalty call. Yeah, I also think he thought maybe the the Colts were offsides, that it might have been huh. a free play. Mm. Um you know, because there was a little bit of movement before that play and the Colts thought the Patriots were offside. And, you know, I think it was part of the design, maybe some sort of, you know, it was designed to get the Colts to, to jump offside, the opponent to jump offside and get a free play. And if you get pass interference or, you know, what have you. Um, and, you know, it just wasn't executed right. My question about that last play wasn't so much what Zappy did. I mean, it is what it is, but you know, Tyquan Thornton didn't play a snap today. If you look on the box score, he's the one player on the Patriots who didn't play a snap. He shouldn't be out there on the outside instead of Juju. Mm, like, you know, when point. you're trying to, to get chunk plays, like, yep. you know, again, what you like, what are we doing here? And what is the point in putting Juju Smith-Schuster on the outside in that situation when you need, you know, 60, 70 yards to score a game-winning touchdown? Why not, why not put Tyquan out there? I mean, what's it going to hurt at this point? So... You know, just more of. I mean, look, this team's a complete bleep. Show. You know, it's it's a complete it's a complete dumpster fire mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, you know, we can harp on the quarterback, and sure, you know, he is obviously a big part of the problem, and deserves to be sat. And I would be uh, very surprised if he starts another game this season. But you know, let's let's also. I mean, look, th- that Colts team is bad. Like, I don't, I don't care what their record is. I watched the I watched the, their film against the Panthers, who are god-awful, and the Colts weren't much better. Um, you know, the Patriots' special teams were a dumpster fire in this game. A missed field goal, two touchbacks from Behringer for, for no reason. They gave up a 40-yard kick return. Like, it's just, you know, the defense gives up, I think it was almost 50% on third and fourth down combined. You know, they didn't sack Gardner Minshew. They let him run around. He made some plays. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these teams look like they were in the same weight class. And so the whole operation right now is a dumpster fire for the Patriots. Uh, speaking of special teams, second quarter with about 12 minutes left. Um, the Colts. Oh, are, yeah, that too. Yes. Oh, what? Okay. So they punt the ball. The Colts punt and the Pats have no punt returner uh, on the field. What were they thinking if you can explain at all <laughs> i wish i could explain i mean i you know I, look obviously they thought that they saw something on film that they could exploit mm-hmm. normally you don't 
normally you don't sell that you you're not going to have anybody back until a little bit later. Normally what you would do is have somebody at least like a deep free safety position. And then if you want to go full uh, punt block, then that player at the snap before the snap replaces one of the, uh, one of the edge guys. And that's normally what you do for them to sell out like that and show it from the beginning. I mean, the credit to the Colts for their punter realizing what was going on. They probably also thought that, you know, not only do you are you trying for a block there and you have reason to believe that you might be able to block the punt, but the part of the calculus is at the very least, this punter, who maybe they don't think a lot of in terms of pressure and things like that, he's at least gonna rush the kick and maybe shank the shank the kick. And either way, the chances are good that we get better field position out of it. And the Colts punter just beat them. I mean, he saw it and then got rid of it quickly and hit a low-line drive to take advantage of them not having anybody out there. So just add that to another game where the Patriots' special teams were a complete disaster. Uh, all right, let's take a couple of calls here, Greg. We have uh, Rich is in the car. Hey, Rich. Hey, how how you doing? Hey, Joe, how you doing? Good, man. Um, I, just, I just don't understand why nobody's giving the crafts a lot of crap about this because i think it's just embarrassing for the crafts that they don't want to pay for the big money and they don't want to pay for the big players um i don't know if you agree with that or not Greg, i do not agree with that um rich i you know i appreciate the the call and the question um you know i think it's easy for people including you know talk show hosts on this <laughs> station to point the finger at the crafts but and look, do I think that they have some party in this? Of course, um, you know they could tell Bill that they want them to want him to to spend more. But at the end of the day, Bill controls. He's in charge of the whole operation. If the personnel isn't good enough, I mean, when has Bill Belichick ever in his career paid for a top wide receiver? When he's never done it. Right. Randy Moss he brought in. It was dirt cheap. Then he, even when they extended him, it was for nothing. They trade for Wes Welker. They skimp him on the contract. They skimp Julian Edelman on a contract forever. They don't bring back, you know, Brandon Lloyd, JoJo LaFell, guys who, you know, seem to work here. So you can point the finger at Robert Kraft all you want. And I know certain people do that. But you, you also have to look at Bill's history. Look where he refuses to spend. I mean, Rob Gronkowski got a contract extension early on in his career. The first five years were pretty good. It was basically a 10-year contract over the over the course of 10 years, which is the only contract the Patriots ever gave him. I think they gave him some incentives later on. It, it ended up being dirt cheap for the Patriots. It was a deal for the Patriots. That's not the Crafts. That's Bill. And you also look at a head coach who even back to his Cleveland days, before he accomplished anything as a head coach, and go read Mike Lombardi's book. This is in his book where it comes time to talk about giving a contract extension to an offensive tackle. And back then, before Bills even posted a winning record as an NFL head coach, says, I have a hard time giving this guy a contract to make him uh, better paid than I am. I mean, this is back 30 years ago he was saying stuff like this. So you could point the fingers at the crafts all you want. But when you have a head coach who doesn't pay anybody, especially on offense – and has questioned paying players more than himself even back before he even posted winning records, 
I'm sorry. You have to point the finger at Bill first. He's the guy in charge. All right, let's take a look at the uh, sports up headlines here. The games are at one o'clock. A little bit of a do we got we got a two thirty Bedard, kind of like a big boy Tuesday, but <laughs> on a Sunday here in Patriots post game. Uh, we'll uh, have more with Greg uh, from the Boston Sports Journal coming up. But first, let's take a look at the headlines. Second down and eleven for the Colts outside the forty at the forty-two of Indianapolis coming at us with Taylor to the right of Minshew. He works with two receivers left and Pierce to the right. Shotgun snap, shoulder high, a four-man rush. Minshew moves up, throws on the go. Ball is tipped and intercepted by Bryant. Devai tipped it. Bryant picks it off, and he has it at midfield. Take away New England. It's the second time this year Tobias got it off the tip, right? Talk about Jelani Tobias. Police in the middle, finds the zone. Boy, was he open. Minshew ran it and he picked it up. He decided to throw it. Tobias with the tip and Bryant with the pick. You got to do something now. Got the ball at midfield. All right, Defender of the Game, presented by 128 Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric, the company that finishes every job strong. Let them defend your home from any plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical issues. When your home can't wait, call 128. Visit call128.com. It's the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. Leroy Irvin's here. I'm Joe Murray. Jelani Tavai, a couple of weeks in a row now, uh, making some nice plays there to help out the defense. Uh, so, Greg, back-to-back weeks now, the Patriots defense gave up 20 points last week, 10 this week, and they still lose. Um, did you? What did you think of the performance from the from the defense today, and could they have done anything else to maybe help the Patriots win this game? Uh, you know, I thought I thought the defense was all right. I mean, you know, the Colts aren't very good. I mean, their their offensive line is okay. It's not very athletic. I was surprised that they did not get more pressure on Minshew, or at least didn't sack him in this game. Um, you know, the right tackle is not very good. What's his name? Um, Smith. Actually, they made a change. He's not normally the the right tackle, and Fries at right guard are not very good. Um, you know, opening drives have been a problem for this defense this year. And which means that they're, I know that they like to feel out the opponent and maybe go a little bit conservative and then adjust as the game goes on. Um, That's fine. Especially when you have Tom Brady and you know that the offense is going to get mid twenties in their sleep, but I don't think they can do that anymore. I think that's another area where they haven't adjusted to, you know, what they need to do. So they give up a, 75-yard touchdown drive, 14, 14 plays, and took, you know, 7-13 off the clock. They gave up some, you know, crucial plays to, to Minshew, you know, breaking down. Uh, you know, so it was, it, was a, it was a good defensive performance, I guess. But the way this team is built and the way that they're going, it needs to be a lot better. And I don't think it's um, – it's, I don't think they're, they're an elite defense. The injuries have obviously had something to do with it. Don't remember hearing anything about Josh Uche today uh, again, which makes not unlooking him at the trade di- de- deadline look even worse. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. Uh, so for today, the, the Patriots, uh, 36 carries, 167 yards on the ground. To me, that's their strength on the offensive side. Running the ball helps set up play action. Why the emphasis on the running game today and not throughout the regular season? I think that um, earlier in uh, earlier in the season, I think that they, there was just zero confidence in the offensive line, mm. which was af- uh, a- 
actually, you know, founded because, you know, they were a disaster. They couldn't even run block. And um, now that they can, I mean, I do think their their adherence to being a balanced attack uh, bites them. I think they had, I still, even though they were running the ball decently well, I still think they had more dropbacks than runs in the first half. Uh, you know, I think the way that the team is right now, or at least, you know, when Mac Jones was the quarterback, um, you know, run until the other team stops it. And I think they finally went to that in the second half, but I think it was too little too late. Greg, uh, this is the weekly uh, Bill O'Brien segment presented by the Boston <laughs> Sports Journal. Uh, this is what they flew to Germany to do. Uh, field goal, punt, 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 punt. Missed field goal. Then the field goal, interception, interception. Uh, there were some third questionable third downs today where they decided to pass and were sacked, was it five times in the first half? Um, yeah, five were, times, four were, on third down. I understand that the offensive line struggled. I get that the receivers out there are, are not great, and the quarterback makes mistakes. But what did you think of the actual play calls today? Uh, I, I sort of defer to you on that. I I. I I asked you. Know, you I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know. I'm sure I'll have more thoughts when I when I watch the film. Um, you know, I just know the way that these guys operate and every the approach that they take coming into the game, every game plan, every play that's in the game plan in their own specific positions, say, you know, drive starters or third and long or second and long. There's a reason from the film and analytics for them to run those plays. And um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, the reasons for failure are often more with execution than anything, but I'm sure, you know, Bill didn't call a perfect game, but I, I didn't come away outside of the going to the run game too late. I didn't come away thinking like the coaches didn't put the offense in position to succeed in this game. Two other things I wanted to bring up on that. Uh, we know that Adrian Clem uh, is not with the team. Billy Yates has taken over. There were some simple stunts that, like, you know, we can learn in the Catholic Suburban League that they couldn't pick up today. Um, I just, that that was just... Season-long problem. Yeah, it, it was really evident today. Um, so to your point about waiting till later in the game to run the ball, just uh, the, the drive that they settled for the field goal, uh, or missed the field goal, I'm sorry, on the third down, they decided to throw it after running it six straight plays. Was that Mac opting out, and that's why O'Brien got on him? Or what? What did you see on that play? Uh, so that's a good question. I'm just looking. I'm going back into my notes. Yeah. Um, so that would be the missed field goal. So they they drove completely down the field, six rushes in a row, and on the third yep. down, again, I don't know if it was Mac, the play call, but he tried to get it out to Ramondre Stevens Stevenson, who was open, but it was just a bad throw, and it got tipped. But just and then the next play is the missed field goal. I just felt like things were rolling. That was the rally killer, and then they missed the field goal. I just I don't understand why they went away from the run on that play. Yeah, I I don't know if Mac checked out of something. Um, you know, Mac normally does a pretty good job at that. It's not always perfect, but you know, third and three after you've run it so many times, it's it's a perfect time to you know run sort some sort of play action or something like that. And I think. I think there were. I think O'Brien was more mad that there were options on the play, including you know Stevenson in the flat almost immediately, and Mac just takes too long to get there. I think Douglas or somebody was else was an option in the middle of the field, and um, 
it's just it needs to be a lot quicker. You know, if you're going, you know, quick sort of bang action after running and running and running, then it's got to be boom, back foot, get, you know, make a decision and get rid of the ball and, and keep it going. Like what Mac did right there was just not a winning play. All right, let's take a couple of calls here with Greg Bedard. We have Mike in Manchester. Hey, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I'm trying to make some sense of this jabberwocky that we have on the field as Patriot fans. And maybe my question, you'll probably get right to my where I'm thinking for the question. Are the Patriots' market value higher or lower with Bill Belichick in, in, in the place he's in? Good question. You think, Greg? Is there market value? You know, explain this question to me. So, I think you know, what they're. Yeah, I think he's trying the, to make it look the Q at rating of the team. I, I think he's maybe looking at it as you know, do, would players rather play with Bill Belichick or something new? Like, you know, how, how does the rest of the NFL feel? Do they value Belichick as an asset, or are they looking at it now as maybe someone? You know, is it value high right now for other teams who would like to play with Bill Belichick? Our players. Well, I don't really. I think that's completely overblown. Has been overblown. I think a lot of it was, you know, really about Brady when he was here, and certainly, you know, the winning helps that you're able to get postseason paychecks and things like that. Um, you know, as far as the the popularity of the team, just in general, you know, if they got rid of Belichick, you know, what kind of relevancy would they have? Uh, it's it's the NFL. There's there's always interest. I know there's a there's a fear, especially among the old timers around here who remember, you know, the seventies and eighties and and things like that. And you know, when this franchise was basically completely irrelevant. Um, I just think those times are completely gone. This is a different time. The NFL is just hugely popular. I mean, go to any market of any irrelevant team, you can pick them out. Um, maybe it's except for Atlanta. Atlanta's a little bit different because the SEC is so popular. Their college football is so popular there. But in every market, even if you're the, you know, even when you were the Lions, when the Lions are the Lions or the Panthers now, um, you know, they're the biggest game in town. And the pay, that, that won't change. And change itself, depending on who they bring in and what they do a quarterback and all that stuff, you know, overnight you can you can be back on the front pages if you're the Patriots. It doesn't. Belichick is not the only way to keep this team relevant, in my opinion. All right, we got our final segment with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, and I guess we'll look ahead to the bye week and what's next. We'll do all that uh, coming up on the other side on the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. A two-yard pickup sets up a second down and eight from the 30 for Indianapolis on the near hash, left hash. Smith-Schuster, split left, two tight ends, stack right. Here comes Douglas, motioning right to left. Stevenson on the backfield, takes the handoff, starts left, cuts it back right. Up the middle, past the arm tackle, slips another, and he carries it inside the 25. First down run by Ramondre Stevenson. The right guard starting to show me a little bit of something. 62's getting up in the face of the safety. He's off the ball, gets the initial block. Then he gets the big one downfield, which keeps this open for Ramondre on the backside. Now, Ramondre broke two tackles. That's a 10-yard pickup. All right, tonight's rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford dealers who have a big selection of award-winning trucks and SUVs in stock with great offers available. Ford, we're all in on America and, of course, the Patriots rushing game. Well, the running game was pretty good today. Uh, 88 yards from Ramondre Stevenson. Ezekiel Elliott had 54. 
I wanted to just ask you about that quickly. Greg Bedard, who's joining us from the Boston Sports Journal, Leroy Irvin as well. They asked Zeke Elliott after the game, like, oh, hey, do you think they should have benched Mac Jones? And he was like, well, you know, they he just didn't want to get into it. And then he asked about the running game, and he goes, we proved today that we have a good running game. Our offensive line uh, can also run, uh, you know, can block in the running game. So it sounded like he is saying that they need to run the ball a little bit more, and it just he didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but they did run the ball pretty well today, and I just don't understand why they go away from it. I totally agree. And, you know, look, Zeke's comments after the game were, you know, what they were, and, and you know, he was put in a tough spot. Um, but, yeah, there's no question in my mind that yeah, I, I'm just one of these guys when it comes to offensive play calls, especially, you know, running game versus doing something else is, you know, just just go with it until it's broke. Like, you know, it, it, the, the Colts, there was a there was a stretch where DeForest Buckner was out of the game for a while. The Colts are small anyways, even with Buckner on the field, who, who's a mammoth human being. But I thought coming into this game that the Patriots would be able to run uh, against the smallest Colts team. Um, you know, the linebackers aren't that great anymore with Shaq Leonard sort of on the downside of his career after a bunch of injuries. And uh, that they didn't do that more and sort of take that approach just like, look, let's – and the other part of what Zeke's talking about is, you know, when you're an offensive lineman, you love to run block more than pass block. Pass block's all about playing defense and, and reacting, where on as a run blocker, you get to impose your will, and those guys always love to do that. Uh, and just do you feel like there's a lot of acceptance going on right now? Just everyone's accepting they're a 2-8 and eight team going into the bye? I think so. Yeah, I you know I felt that way after the last couple of games. the The Dolphins locker room was similar to that um, last week against the Commanders. I think was sort of the end of the frustration rope for a lot of those guys that like you know they can't even be competitive against that team really, and you know they they are where they are at this point. So uh, looking at the rest of the schedule here, like for example, I'm taking tomorrow week next weekend off. You know, Leroy <laughs> and I we're we're not working on Sunday. We're that's it. What does the Boston Sports Journal do uh, on the bye week? Uh, continue to work. <laughs> Always work. I'm sure I'll do uh, a deep dive on sort of the the numbers and, you know, grade where everybody is at this point in time. And, and uh, you know, maybe I'll even take a look at college football for once. I'll channel my inner uh, Joe Murray and watch some of the quarterbacks, something like that, because I haven't seen any of them really, you know, okay, a highlight here or there, but I haven't watched Drake May or Caleb Williams very much. So, you know, maybe I'll try to do that if they're playing this weekend. All right, you'll get to uh, check all those guys out. All right, let's wrap up a few calls here. Uh, Greg, before we say goodbye, we got Derek in Salem. Hey, Derek. How are we doing? Good. So my question is, do you think they were going to go with Will Greer over Zappy? I'm not a big Zappy fan. He's too short. And just go from there. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. I'm not on um, Team Murray, so I, I don't need to see any more from Bailey Zappi. I know what I have in him. I don't care if he won two games last year against crap defenses. I don't really care. He's not good enough, whether it's this offense or what have you. I just don't think he's good enough. I have no idea what Will Greer has. I don't know how he's practicing, but. If it's close between him and Zappy, and they have a chance to get him up to speed during the bye week with the playbook, uh, maybe installing a simpler game plan might be f- benefit for everybody. Then I go with Real Greer to see what they have. I mean, the the rest of the season now at two and eight is about finding out 
what you have to build on, if anything, for next year, and that includes a quarterback position. Okay, we got Mike in Michigan. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, I respect Belichick. He's an excellent coach, obviously, but why is he afforded sacred cow status as greatest coach of all time? When Bill himself never afforded that same respect and benefit of the doubt to Tom and probably lots of other players. I mean, if he was the greatest coach of all time, shouldn't there be some indication of that since Tom left? I mean, all phases are mediocre to bad now. I, I just don't get it. Thanks. And this is your point, Greg, where you might think that Belichick may do what's best for the team in Wakawa. Uh, I mean, you know, do I think there's a slight chance of that? Um, yes, but, um, you know, Bill Belichick is, is where he is at in, in his career right now. And um, perhaps he sees the writing on the wall in New England. And then, you know, now it's all going to be about Bill, putting Bill in the best position to get whatever he wants after New England. Um, I think there's the benefit to, if they figure out a way for him to step down um, now, I think there's a lot of benefits to if he steps down now and just says like, you know, even if he uses like in a medical excuse or something like that, uh, like I said, I think it, you know, giving Gerard a chance to show what he can do over the last seven games of the season is a benefit, possible benefit to Belichick's legacy and continue on what he's built here long beyond him, which I think has been a, a goal of his. Um, and, you know, really it was a foregone conclusion for a long time until the past few years. And also, you know, he declares that he's he's open, that, that he is uh, on the market um, very early. And maybe that starts some conversations. And, you know, even if he steps away, like, you know, say like Sean Payton stepped away from the Saints, the Saints still, his contract was still intact. Mm -hmm. And when Sean decided to come back, the the Broncos still had to give up compensation. So I don't think Bill Belichick stepping aside, depending on what his contract language is, uh, automatically makes it so the Patriots that he's not going to get compensated or what have you. I know, I know there's a lot of talk about, I know Felger has brought up his contract. Like Bill won't do that because of his contract. Well, if he's confident, he's going to land someplace else. What does he care what his contract with is with the Patriots? And, you know, maybe that screws the crafts out of compensation. I don't know, but I do think there's some maneuvers that if he decides to step away, you know, it might be best for the team Mayo, his program, and also himself at the end of the day. And he did get compensation. Uh, well, he brought in Parcells, got compensation. And then to get Belichick also had to give up compensation. So uh, as somebody put it today, they're going to franchise Bill Belichick in the offseason and then uh, eventually let him pick where he wants to go to get some more compensation out of it. Uh, all right, Greg, uh, enjoy the bye week. I know you'll be working hard. Leroy and I will be off, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, enjoy the fallout from Germany, and we'll check out all your work at the Boston Sports Journal and uh, see you on Tuesday with Felger Mass. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. You all got right. it. He's Greg Bedard of the Boston. The name to know when the trains don't flow. John Sewer. We get the job done. John Sewer has been solving Boston's drain issues since 1976. Their team of local technicians have unparalleled experience and can solve any clog or problem that can arise in Boston's complex plumbing systems. Find them at johnsewer.com. John Sewer, we get the job done. Boston Sports Journal, check out all his work. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. 
Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal.